Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. This is Chatting with Nat. It's Nat Weegins and Natalie Jean. And today on Chatting with Nat, we have psychedelic pop R&B songwriter and producer Kate Hamilton. Kate Hamilton is a psychedelic pop R&B singer-songwriter and producer based in Brooklyn, New York. Her style can best be described as cinematic pop due to the dramatic nature of regressive tracks with, which incorporate sounds reminiscent of a film score. Hamilton's shiny and soulful sound invites listeners to explore the depths of time, space, and energy dauntlessly. Through her messages about personal struggle and revelation, Hamilton possesses an undeniable duality to be both powerful yet soft. Maybe I should learn how to speak today. All right. Today we have Kate Hamilton. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi. Sorry. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I to say I'm still alive and king during these crazy, crazy, crazy times. Um, so how have you how have you been during? During this uh, pandemic, elections, George Floyd, Ukraine, I don't know what else is going to happen kind of world. Just chaos. Um, Well, it's been a journey for sure. Like, I think so much has changed for me in a good way, um, despite all the terrible things happening in the world, you know. Um, Like, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was fully in a relationship um, Mm. stuck waitressing while trying to pursue my music. I felt, like, very stuck. Um, and the pandemic actually gave me a chance to like sit down and reassess just like where I was going with my life and, um, have like the time to actually really work on my music and find myself more as an artist. So I feel like it was really good for me to have that kind of, um, the ability to sit down and like kind of calculate what the next steps were. Um, and then I broke up with him like nine months into the pandemic so that was like heartbreaking so such a um changing moment for me like I feel like that was when I really um became the person that I am now I feel like it was very change like a big big thing in my life um and it really like gave me the courage to like really push forward my music like I have been um -hmm just being more independent and realizing what my passions were, which is, you know, music. I feel like before in that relationship, I was scared to fully like be myself and like pursue music seriously. I was scared right. of like failing or, you know, just making the wrong move. I don't know why I'm just, like a very like calculated person. I feel like I need, I had to like shed that and just like trust myself that, whatever is next I have to actually try to know so um that's kind of been my journey in the past like since that breakup so 
up until now, it's just been very much like um, I didn't I didn't think I would get as far as I've gotten. Like I'm very happy and like proud that I was able to let go of that fear of failure and like embrace just trusting that it'll be the right thing for me to, you know, make my life about art. Now I have the privilege to not work a shitty waitressing job and like really do my music more full time. So. Uh, Yeah. It's interesting how sometimes uh, we can be in relationships and they can be good relationships or they can be relationships that hold you back. Right. A hundred percent. I feel like, that relationship was kind of one of the situations where I was like, it was, it was really great. Like um, a lot of love between us, but just as far as like what I wanted in my life, I knew that it just wasn't going to get there. If I was still in this relationship, I needed to like be on my own and really build my life from the ground up, Mm. like focusing my career, you know, building friendships of like strong women around me to just feel supported without like a romantic partner, you know, and so Mm -hmm. that's kind of been my journey right now. That's really cool. Now, how did you get involved in in the music industry? Um, I always grew up around music. I always wanted to like uh, be a musician and be a singer. Like I grew up, um, training, singing, doing like musicals and anything that I could do to like perform or express myself. I'm very extroverted, love to um, perform and be on stage. So I kind of um, just knew that that was what I wanted to do in life. Okay. And I, when I was 18, before I moved to New York, I uh, worked on like a an album in my garage using GarageBand. And it was just like a shitty little cute little... <laughs> and that was kind of where I got my start where I was like okay you know just the feedback I got from that was kind of like encouraging and made me want to maybe see that maybe I had some potential so yeah that's awesome and how important is it for you to be authentic as a person and authentic in your music so important I feel like that's why I feel like I really haven't found like commercial success yet because I really really value like making art that is true to me and like my experiences more than I would say I'm a business person like I'm not thinking about like what would be something someone wants to hear on the radio I'm making something that makes me feel really I don't know something that really captures an experience or an emotion or a feeling that feels really good to make Mm -hmm. which is tricky with art because, like, how do you – you should think about how you're going to, like, market that or how you're going to, like, commercialize it, which is, like, so not – you know, that's so counterintuitive to what art really is. But um, I try really hard to make sure that people – I try to just let, like, my genuine personality, like, come through my music. I hope it does, you know? You know, it's interesting. You touch on a top – I would love to address to the world of music is that, you know, writing for radio versus writing just like a normal artist. Um, Mm -hmm. And my viewpoint on that is I think that the music industry needs to evolve as a whole. I mean, when people talk about music for radio, 
it's just interesting to me because the whole concept of radio is just to put on something somebody may want to hear, something that somebody, uh, music that appeals to a certain audience. Or, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I, I, I just don't get the radio stations and I don't get music anymore. Like, you know, I was talking to another person and she's like, well, you know, when you're writing for radio, you have to write a certain way. And I'm like, why? Isn't the point just to tell a story? Why can't you tell your story your way? There is an audience. Right. And the thing is, what we've done as a whole, <coughs> excuse me, we've enabled the music community to tell us how to write, what to say, what's supposed to be on radio. Why not challenge the system to say, no, I'm an artist. This is what I create. They don't. And I keep saying the same thing. We don't tell people that draw or paint. Now, this is not going to work. You'll never be successful <laughs> because, you know, art is for everyone. And, and I think the music industry needs to start considering music as an art form because it is. So, you know, I'm like fun. you in the sense that I, I write the way that I want. I don't have time for these people in that where you got to write this way, <laughs> you got to write that way. Because sometimes I'll sit down. And I'll start to, okay, let me do first verse, chorus, bridge, intro, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why am I writing that way? Because I don't feel comfortable sometimes writing that way. Obviously, if we're writing for sync and licensing and they want something specific, we're going to write the way we want. But as an art form, we need to start demonstrating that music is an art form. And all types of art forms can be on radio. It doesn't have to be all this poppy stuff or this R&B stuff or whatever is out there. I mean, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that we're going to always be inundated with the same type of music. And that's extremely sad to me because there's so many I different totally... types of music out there. It's just ridiculous at this point. It's just ridiculous. You know, we should be able to be who we are, sing what we want. Then the people, there should be a station for all of that that stuff it shouldn't be well you don't have verse verse you don't have chorus oh this is not poppy enough no it shouldn't be because to be honest some of these radio stations they don't really know what people want they put what they like to hear and they're getting paid on top of it i totally agree with you i think that's why like commercial pop is really started to fade out like obviously some people still listen to like you know top top 10 radio and stuff and there's a market for that for sure but it doesn't have any soul. It doesn't have any life. It's the same regurgitated, like, bullshit that no one really wants to hear anymore. And that's why I think people really have started to use Spotify because it gives right. you, like, curated playlists that are, like, specific to you. Like, every artist has a niche. And it's, right. it's really tough to find that niche. That's kind of where I'm right now, right, in my career, trying to find my niche and my um, little corner of the world. But I think that every artist, like you're saying, has a place. And, like, that's what makes yeah. good art is like when you feel like the honesty in someone's work, you feel like their energy, which is like the only thing you can really bring to the table is like your unique approach to the way you make art, you know? That's right. Exactly. So, you know, I'm trying to start a revolution <laughs> for the independent I love artists. It. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to start a revolution and bust, bust our way in. And we have to be seen and heard. There's got to be something to be, you know, without uh, having to uh, do crazy stuff on TikTok just to be seen and heard, which is just getting ridiculous at this point. I'm on TikTok. I know. 
and I do funny stuff, but at the same time, I try to push my own music rather than always using, oh, well, this is trending right now. Um, so that being said, now, you have a very interesting and colorful, I don't want to say word, part of your life. So at one time, mm-hmm. you were a stripper, and you had sugar daddies that would fund your mm-hmm. music. How did that come about? <laughs> so that's actually a still a part of my life I'm really more like stripping and dancing more than I have sugar daddies um but I've been sugar babying for the past like year probably since like last March or April and I just knew that I needed to figure out a way to make enough money and have enough time to like like give music the energy it deserves that I can really see it through and so I figured it out like it was very I don't know, morally, like, I, I had, like, I I feel like there was a lot of things that were ingrained into me as a young person growing up in a Catholic environment mm. that I really had to unlearn and, like, really find out for myself, like, how do I feel about these things? Is it because what, if, what society tells me about sex work or is it because I truly feel this way? And obviously right. now I, I feel so empowered by being a sex worker and being a dancer. Like, that's such a big part of my life and who I am as an artist. And I think that it's honestly, it's such a, like, it's such a, uh, what the word I'm trying to say, like, it's like gatekept because it's, it's like kind of a life hack. Like being a dancer allows me to people and do work that I'm good at. And I actually feel fulfilled by and make a lot of money doing. And I have a lot of music to work on my, a lot of time to work on my music and a lot of money to fund my music. So it really like, work mm. out but it's something I don't share with my family really mm. like my sister knows and my friends know but um and I tell people that I like go on dates with because I just want them to know straight up like this is who I am if you don't like it then that's your problem you know <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but it is something that is kind of yeah kind of crazy <laughs> but were you were you stripping at the time when you had a boyfriend so if you have a boyfriend do you tell them uh so I actually I wasn't doing that when I was dating him I was waiting tables and then corona happened so I was like getting unemployment and figuring out like what am I going to do so right. I um I did see him like last May when I first started sugar babying and I told him that I had started doing it and he gave me this whole speech about how like don't become that girl like my ex was a stripper like don't become that girl, which, like, really left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I get that he cared about me, but I just, men who don't respect this kind of work, I don't have any patience for it, and I don't want to be around it at all. You know what I mean? That's the title of the song, Don't Become That Girl. But you could flip it. Yeah, <laughs> don't seriously, become don't become that girl. <laughs> um, could flip it around like that. Um. No, you got to do what you got to do for yourself. You got, you know, one thing I've learned about life is that you can't make everybody happy and you need to focus on yourself. You have to love yourself first and you have to decide what's best for you. That's the bottom line, you know. 100%. I feel like, um, yeah, like you're saying, you have to do what's good for you. Like if you know that you're going to be stuck in a nine-to-five job and really hating 75% of your waking life, like, fuck right. that. Like, 
Yeah. No, I'm not <laughs> doing it. <laughs> As the pandemic has shown us, life is extremely, extremely short. So if you're going to go for the gusto, you go for the gusto now. I'm telling you, that's, you know, one of the things we've learned, uh, well, I've learned during the pandemic, a lot of people quit their jobs because they realize life is short and I need to do something that makes me happy rather than keep right. going job that depresses you. You have no fulfillment. You're, you're just, you know, going through the motions every single day. <laughs> you know, people are just like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I need to find some something fulfilling. Now, so you did have a boyfriend, but you consider yourself bisexual, but um, sometimes you don't feel gay enough. What do you mean by that? Um, just because, so my, my most recent music video, I just released it like a couple weeks ago, and um, in the music video, it's one of my best friends and I, and uh, we have like a kissing scene, and it's, it's um, something that I was like sharing with my friends, like, um, just about like what the plot was like and stuff. And I had a friend of mine that I'm no longer friends with, um, tell me like, you have to be careful because it might come off like you're queer baiting, you know? And this same friend of mine has, you know, really like slandered kind of the whole bisexual community and straight people also. And just made me feel like there was just always this energy that was not said, but felt that like, because I am bisexual and I'm straight passing that like, I don't, I don't have space to be bisexual that like me being bisexual isn't real or like valid because I, I haven't, you know, just dated one gender or sex like specifically Mm. Um, like this, this friend was fully lesbian. And like, I think a lot of the, the issues that I'm talking about with them is just, a byproduct of trauma and like not feeling like they were always seen right. as valid or, or, you know, like there wasn't space for them, which I understand a hundred percent, but um, I just feel like the bisexual community is like really shot on and I'm really tired of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is, uh, yeah, there's some people that think that nobody can be bisexual either, or I don't believe in that. Um, I mean, it's whatever floats your boat. Now, I, I, I'm extremely liberal, but I do have the, a problem with all these different things that people have to call themselves these days, <clears throat> you know, binary, non-binary, he, she, term, I, I, a lot of that stuff I think is just unnecessary. I mean, it's either mm. you're straight, you're gay, you're bi, you're transgender. So this whole thing, and I'm, and I'm trying to understand, like, listen, Janelle Monet just came out, and she, well, she came out a long time ago, but now she comes out as non-binary. So sometimes she wakes mm-hmm. up feeling like, man, what does it, that exactly mean? You know, what does it mean to wake up one morning and say, well, I'm, I feel like a woman today, but I feel like I don't feel like a man or vice versa. For me, it's either you, you become transgender, you become the thing that you want. Sometimes I feel it's like people want their cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? Because I can't one day wake up and say, okay, today I'm a genius. I feel like a genius today. Tomorrow I feel stupid. It's, and it's just, I'm trying to understand it, but I think it's unnecessary. It's either, and there are some people that just love, you know, they don't have a term for it, but they, they love whoever they meet. It, it, does, it doesn't, it's either male or female. Um, 
And they and that I can understand. They let it go at that. They're not bisexual. They're not gay. They just they don't they don't see themselves as a certain sexuality. But they they know that if they encounter somebody, they they'll know if they fall in love or whatever lust or whatever it is with that person. So how do you feel about all these names that are authors? And to, to quite frankly, honest, it's all confusing to me at a, at a certain point. Um, I think. Well, just gender as a whole, like the way that we view it, I think we have so many labels and it is mm-hmm. a lot for sure. I just think that gender as a whole is not real. Like it's it's just something that we've, you know, started to put people into these little boxes that we feel very safe, you know, okay, you're this and then you're that right. and like that's very comfortable and very safe right. and having this like, you know, ability to like, be a little bit of both it's there doesn't really seem to be like a place for that so that's why I kind of um understand like non-binary and like using they them pronouns like I do get it because I I do feel like for me personally I'm a very feminine person I've always felt just like very comfortable being you know feminine and feeling comfortable with she her like that feels very right for me but I can Mm -hmm. I can kind of understand someone who maybe one day they feel very feminine and the next Mm -hmm. day they feel very masculine and they want to feel like just safe by being called they them so always like in respect when someone asks to be called that however Mm -hmm. I feel like as a culture the fact that we even care about like what we are being called like she her they them he he him whatever like you're you're a person you should show up how you want to show up and um I feel like we should just stop giving so much of, of a fuck but I also feel like me saying that is a little bit um what's the word just kind of like, I don't really know that I should be saying that because right. I don't experience that, that those feelings of wanting to be right. different genders, you know? So I feel like I can't really fully understand it, but I just feel like gender as a whole is ridiculous and we should just, like, stop caring so much and just show up how we want to, you know, and yeah. feel, like, safe and respected. Right. I agree with you on that point. Now, let's talk about your new song, Dimension, and the music video for it. How did the song Dimension come about? So, I met this man, um, <laughs> like, last summer, and I had been thinking about the idea of, like, you know, when you meet people and it feels, like, really familiar and you just, like, you really feel like you've known them before, And you have this, like, instant connection that just feels, like, kind of, I don't know. I I don't know if you believe in past lives, but I feel like I believe in, like, reincarnation and past lives. Like, I'm open to the idea. I don't know if it's real or whatever, but there has to be something. There's something there whenever you meet someone and you just feel you connect with them so easily. And that was the feeling I had with this guy. And it just, um, it made me really think about that, like, the whole idea of, like, past lives. And in the song, I'm kind of saying, like, what dimension do I know you from? Like, I've definitely met you before. And even if it doesn't work out with us in this life, like, I know that I'm just going to keep running into your ass. Like, I know that we're going to stay seeing each other in every life that we have because we seem to be so interconnected. Um, And I have that feeling with a lot of people in my life. Like, one of my sugar daddies, for example, like, we're actually very close now, like, just platonic friends. And we did mushrooms together randomly. And I realized, same kind of feeling, like just 
really familiar, feels like a, an extension of myself. And then also my best friend who was in the music video for the song with me and I'm moving to LA with her, like just very like instant connection energy, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, I, I completely get it. I believe in everything that you're saying. I do believe in past lives. I believe that I'm saying you can encounter something and it's almost like a deja vu kind of thing or you know you know this person, but you just can't connect the dots, but it's because there's a past life connect, a connection. All right, mm-hmm. let's, let's play the song. documentary do you go after those types of things 
Yeah, I've been, like, submitting for, like, sync and stuff. Um, I know a lot of the places that you submit to, it takes, like, a couple weeks to hear back. So I kind of was, like, late on the game and, like, getting in contact with a lot of, pe- lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. I feel like this song, more than my other songs, has a potential to be in, like, something. I feel like this concept is done in films. It could be featured in something like that, you know? Yeah, no, you definitely have the voice for it. I mean, that song alone, I could definitely hear that in a lot of things. So kudos to you. Now, your your girl band, Batty Wagon, um, has a show on May 4th at KDB Bar in the East Village. Tell me about that. So, yeah, my um, girl band, Batty Wagon, um, we are doing our last show at this, it's going to be like a low-key show. Mm-hmm. Um, in the East Village in New York, and it's very bittersweet. We're all excited, but it's gonna be like one last little show before everything changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did a show uh, back in March at Bowery Electric, um, and it was a really good show for us. I feel like that that show was kind of pivotal for us, like. Right just feeling like very supported and like there was like real potential with all of us to keep playing. Mm-hmm. But um, just because I'm moving, I, it just, it can't really continue like that, but it's, it's a really nice thing. It's been a really nice thing to start the band with them and also have like really good friendships with these people. Like we love playing together and we also just like love being around each other. And I, I don't know how often you can find that. I'm sure it's out there and it'll happen again. It's just like a very special thing. And yeah, I want to miss it. I'm sure you will. Now, why are you moving to LA? Um, it's kind of just, I don't know. It feels like it's just right. I've been in New York for four years, almost five years. And mm-hmm. it's been a great run. It's been very fun. I love New York. Um, but I feel like something's always been kind of drawing me out to California Mm -hmm. and I went there back in February and it just felt like everything was saying like, yeah, you should do this. Like it just, it felt very like right in my heart. Um, and I've always been going back and forth. Like since I even moved to New York, like is LA better? Is the grass greener? Like, you know what I mean? And it may not be, but I feel like I just need to see for myself, like, how I would like it. I'm a very, I'm a sunshine girl. I'm a beach girl. Like I feel like I would thrive there. Um, I do have a lot of people in my ear telling me like everyone's so phony out there, like beware of all these things. But I feel like, I don't know. I'm confident that it'll be the next chapter, the right chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. Once you feel it, you got to go with your gut. Got to do what you have to do for yourself. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> let's talk more about songwriting process now. Here you say that sometimes you experiment with psychedelics to inspire your music. How do you go about doing that? Obviously, you take the psychedelics, but then what happens? Um, I mean, I'm not, like, crazy. I'm not, like, a drug <laughs> fiend. I'm just, like, right. <laughs> um, I tried psychedelics at the beginning of the pandemic, actually, and I'd never taken acid, and I was upstate with, like, a bunch of really good friends, 
And it was just such like a, I'm a very visual person. So Mm -hmm. just having everything being so like visually appealing, like all the colors are brighter. I like literally could hear like songs in my head. Like I felt like just like so in tune with myself. And I felt like kind of in a way that like weed, because I I do smoke weed. I'm very big stoner. Um, (laughs) In a way that weed had never shown me, you know, it was like, just even more creatively stimulating than weed had ever been for me. And also showed me a lot more about like my unconscious self and like my shadow self, because you just, you kind of start to feel like you're peeling layers of an onion, like all these parts of yourself that you maybe didn't want to perceive or um, didn't even really realize about yourself, like past traumas or, just thoughts that you have in your mind that you just didn't even think to unbox or look at, you know? Right. So just very eye-opening and um, inspiring. Cool. Um, speaking of that, well, let's, let tell me about your song Traces. What's that about? So, yeah, my song Traces was actually, I heard that song in my head when I had my first ass trip. And I had, had <laughs> what'd you say? I said, I went right to the, I went from the psychedelic to the psychedelic song. <laughs> you knew, you knew. Um, yeah, I heard the melody in my head and I was just thinking like traces, like, cause whenever you do acid or you have really strong visualisms, it feels like you're like moving your eyes fast and all the objects, there's like these, lines kind of coming off of it like this like color coming off of it and I just mm. thought that as a concept was so cool so I wanted to like make a song about that but the song is pretty much as I was talking about at the beginning of this uh, podcast just um like letting go of fear of failure and just trusting your intuition and just I don't know kind of the song is very like feel good very vibey and it the energy behind it is really just like I disregard all of the bullshit. Just know that, like, you're doing the right thing and don't, like, like, I come back to that trip where I just felt so, like, sure and, like, just really, like, had the courage to pursue everything fully. All right. Let's play it.
Another hit. <laughs> um, what song of yours do you like to perform and why? I actually love the one that you just played, Traces. Um, it's just like such a like sentimental song to me. Um, just when I wrote it, I felt so like it was the beginning of me like really pursuing my music and I, it feel very different than I did when I wrote it, you know, and it just feels so like, like, for example, like for our last gig, we did this one first and we brought on like a trumpet player and a sax player and it sounded so like orchestral and just really like elevated everything about our set. And just right. hearing it, like, come to life like that, and then also seeing, like, my best friends playing this music with me, it just, like, I saw it in front of my eyes, like, this is really happening. Like, this is so cool. Like, I'm performing my music, and I have people around me who are, like, making it even better. Like, it's just such a cool feeling. That's awesome. I love that. Now, what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music business? Good question. Um, probably that there's so many like skeevy Woo! business yeah. fuckers out there. Like <laughs> just <laughs> like my very first producer was such a rat. Like really tried to like rob me of my Mm-mm. desire to create. Like he made everything about like how are we gonna make this commercial. Like this is my vision for you. And I really let, I was so young that I let him take that kind of creative control. And like, I was young, I was like 19, but looking back, I just want to like go talk to my younger self and be like, no girl, like what you're doing is okay. Like don't let this man tell you that his ideas are better or that you're not a value. Like just trust what you bring to the table. I feel like I didn't really realize my own power, you know? No, I get that. And then I guess, number two. Number two. Hmm. Um, probably that you're gonna need to invest in a lot of equipment. Like you need like five thousand dollars to invest in all the equipment that you need. And that's like I don't know, you're thinking about doing like, you know, paying your producer or like putting money into music videos or whatever else, but like I'm having that uh current predicament right now is just like my setup is, it's not really giving as much as it could be, like, and it's hard to, like, pay rent every month and yeah. need to, like, feed yourself and also have all this money to buy equipment seems, like, so random. Um, I don't know if I have a third. I feel like, I don't know, I might have to think longer on that one. Well, that... uh this is a lot of work. Music is a lot of work. I mean, I, I know a lot of people tend to think, oh, I'm going to get into the music industry. I'm going to become this new big star. But it's, that's not how it works. It just isn't. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of damn work. <laughs> you know, we have to market ourselves. We have to promote ourselves. We have to have different ideas every five minutes. Yeah, and on top of everything, we meet shady people. We have to make sure we do our due diligence. I mean, it's literally one thing after the other. A hundred percent. I feel like 
it's it's very trying to want to pursue something that you feel so strongly about and it's it's hard not to get discouraged whenever you feel like the work you put in it's not really being shown to you as like any kind of result even though like it really just take like it takes consistency and quality work for a right. long time to see any real like um result or like that's the thing i feel like also you have to know very strongly like why do you do music like what what are what are the things you're looking for out of music why are you pursuing this career like because if you really just want it because you want to be like a big star like i feel like that's that's not going to be enough you know well it it won't it won't it definitely won't um people need to decide want to do with their lives you know in regards to the music industry there's so many things okay if you want fame then that's what that's your thing fine if you want to be an effective player fine if you uh want to you know some people are just into charting they want to win awards fine if that's your thing do it but you know make sure that you work hard at it whatever you choose just work hard at it um to be aware that there are all these funky people out there that are going they're going to see you trying to do your thing they're going to jump on you oh i can make you a star <laughs> uh please right me search people because i don't know where these people come from it's like they have radar to know when the when somebody's trying to do something in music mm-hmm. they just latch on to people i don't know how they do it. I, I really don't um because i met quite a few and i'm still meeting quite a few of having after being in the 11 12 years um what mm. is a quote or message that you like to use to push yourself um when you're feeling down or when you're happy or you know to motivate you it's not so much of a quote it's just like how i feel like i don't want to live my life not creating even if i'm literally creating just for my own satisfaction like I'm going to continue to do that because, like, I truly feel like on this planet, that is, like, the one thing that, one of few things that I really, truly feel, like, called to and I feel, like, really, like, in the moment and happy when I do that. Like, that's, like, what I live for and just knowing that, like, it's enough for me to not feel discouraged because I know that I have that, like, that feeling of just, like, yes, like, this is what I want to make my life about, you know? And I really yeah. hope it doesn't go away ever. It hasn't up until this point. I've definitely had moments of feeling like, I don't know, like it feels really hard, but I always feel the same way. So, Yeah, no, don't worry about that. Every day I go through it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about this music stuff. It's driving me crazy. I don't right. know. Right, yeah, we continue. <laughs> it's every day. It's like, okay, do I really want to do this? But there's always some kind of email or call or conversation that I have with somebody and it's like okay okay I got it I'm supposed to be doing this I will continue don't worry I just have to question things every now and then um yeah but yeah no I I completely understand you well um Kate thank you so much for being on chatting with Nat it was great getting to know you um good luck in LA I've been to Los Angeles I do love Los Angeles I just can't stand the traffic every time I'm in traffic my wrist it's just like I don't know how anybody deals with that. <laughs> you need to go around the corner <laughs> and it'll take you an right. hour. It's like, oh my gosh. It's but, definitely a lot. But there's a lot of beautiful things to see and do. And, you know, I'm sure you'll have lots of success out there. 
um, you know, next time let's do a IG live. Let's see each other on the screen. Um, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, once you get settled, let's do something like that. But thank you so much. Um, everybody can find you at katehamiltonmusic.com on eight. Instagram is Kate underscore Hamilton. You've got YouTube. You're on TikTok. You're on Spotify. Hell, if they can't remember that, all they have to do is Google you. Thank you so much, Kate. Mm -hmm. I hope you have an awesome, awesome rest of the week. You too. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. That was psychedelic pop and R&B songwriter, producer, Kate Hamilton. I loved her. I'm sure you loved her. Go find her. Go stream it. Go buy her music. Yeah, that's a foreign concept, but go buy the music. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.